Hey, we are live and direct and in full effect. What's good, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful black people? It's your girl, Bianca Michelle, coming to you straight out of Cleveland. And um, this is the Village Perspective Podcast. So much to say, and I'll get to that in a minute, but happy to be here with you in this way, in this space and time to get this thing reborn, rebooted, rejuvenated, refreshed, if you will, because this is not new to all. It's new to some. It's going to be new to many, um, but it's not new. This is a baby that's been in a cocoon for a little while, so I'm happy that we're approaching our butterfly state. Um, So let's flutter together. So as I said, I'm your girl, Bianca Michelle. I'm your host and the curator of the Village Perspective podcast. The Village Perspective Podcast is a digital discussion podcast where we're going to discuss, you know, the many things that edify the perspective of the village. I am the village when I combine with you and with he and she and they, and we cultivate that we. I just believe that I'm a person who has always been naturally gravitating towards the collective over the individual. So this space is about us. And it's about talking about the many facets of us. So this first episode and the next four episodes are all going to be in the Black series, BLK. So today we are talking about Black vulnerability and intersectionality. And I had to tap into my family, my good, good girlfriend, my creative sister in struggle and Christ and and, and in Blackness and magic. Eris Edie is here with us today to talk about Black vulnerability and intersectionality what's good family i'm so happy to be here i'm glad to be 
a part of this here village. It is an honor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're going to get into that topic in a second. But before we can do anything, I would be remiss if I didn't usher us into some gratitude. Gratitude. You know, uh, if you hit, you didn't know, now you will, that three moments of gratitude is my thing. It's my practice that I hope to create community around um, because I express and uh, do gratitude journaling for myself. But one day I shared it with somebody else via social media and then it just became a habit, uh, which created some accountability for myself and allowed me to show gratitude with community and a collective. Again, I choose the collective over the individual. That's just how I choose to move. But um, so today we're going to get into three moments of gratitude. You down with that, Ares? All right, because you got to participate. So I'm going to model the behavior first, okay? Three moments of gratitude. This is how this goes, guys. Real easy. One, two, three. Three things that we're grateful for. And uh, first and foremost, I always like to start with my breath. So let's do an inhale. Let's do that two more times just to settle in. Let's inhale. And this last one, I want you to breathe in deep as is comfortable for you and exhale deeply as is comfortable for you. Try to do counting to four, hold it, and then exhale for four. So let's do this last one together. Make it count. Inhale. Exhale. I'm grateful for my breath because it lets me know I'm alive. Secondly, I'm grateful to be here with you in this space and time to relaunch the Village Perspective podcast. This is just one of the few babies that I nurture. I'm not blessed to be a mother um, in the traditional sense. I have a dog, but I have visions. And this is one of the visions that is coming to fruition. So I'm very happy to be here with you. And then thirdly, uh, I'm very grateful for connections and relationships that introduced me to new platforms and ways that I can support local DJs and producers. So happy to be connected to um, to StreamYard and be able to share with you the music of Julian Kahn that was dedicated. You can find that on SoundCloud with his Mystery Sample Challenge. Um, him and a bevy of other local producers here in Cleveland sampled some Bill Withers songs. Um, after he had passed. So in, in tribute to him, they did that mystery challenge. And it's about seven producers, seven unique tracks, all paying honor and respect and homage to Bill, uh, to Mr. Withers rather. So I'm happy to be able to provide this space and to um, show you what I'm listening to because I like music. Well then, and that's my business. So we're going to get right into this topic. Actually, we're not. Eris, what three things are you grateful for today? Um, you know, I think today, um, I am, I'm grateful for community. Um, I am grateful for collaboration, which is one of the joys of having community. Um, and I am grateful for courage. So I'm keeping it all alliteration, keeping it all C's. So, uh, community collaboration and courage are the three things that today I am grateful for. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you for um, getting active in that practice with me. Hey, I'm encouraging all of you to get active in this practice and, uh, you know, share this pod with somebody, journal for your own reflection, 
Um, just show some gratitude, man. It's important. Um, it's helped me along my way. And it just helps in a, in, a, in a time where we're so focused on all the things that we can't do. It helps me to focus on things that I can do. And I can always be grateful. I can always find something to be grateful for. If I look hard enough, it ain't hard to tell what a gratitude is. So that's the practice. Indeed. That's the practice. So let's get into this topic, Black vulnerability and intersectionality. So I had to tap into, you know, my network. I'm good at that. I consider myself to be a connector and a bridge builder. So who else would I go to other than the people that I know are well-versed in the, these topics or the people that I already know we've had many conversations about this and we just weren't recording. Like, so I invited Eris here because we were having a conversation around intimacy, which led me to think about vulnerability but the nugget she dropped in my lap was, you know, why can't we have intimacy without escalation? And I was like, oh, that's a podcast episode. Don't say nothing else. <laughs> so <laughs> that led me down the road of vulnerability. So I'm happy to have you here. Can you please introduce yourself to the people? Tell them a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to share. It's up to you if you want to wear a professional affiliation hat. But tell the people who you are and where they can find you. All right. Um, my name is Eris Edie. My pronouns are she and they, born, raised, and reside in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, if the first thing you would know about me, did I disappear? Oh, there we go. Uh, the first thing that you would know about me is that I love my city. Um, and in loving my city, um, I love where, not only where I come from, but as because I am from here, um, I strive to make it better. I'm also not blind to the things um, and the growing edges that my city has. And so that's first and foremost about me. Artistically, I'm a writer, poet, um, earring designer. Shout out to Strange Fruit, which I've been doing this year, 10 years. Um, I uh, love to do mixed media things, performing, storytelling, all of that. And then professionally, I've been um, a career-long advocate in one way or another, serving with um, systemically ignored communities. And so, uh, you know, that's really who I am in a nutshell. I'm a, a proud auntie. I am non-binary. I identify as bisexual. Um, I love to travel. I love to cook. Um, and I love... I love yes, Lord! <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, food for me, it's, it's a love language. And so, um, I love to receive it and I love to offer it as well because I, when I, when I, when I cook, I pray. And so, um, and that's probably one of the most vulnerable things that I do for people is cook for them. So leading into the conversation for today. Man. I'm sorry I hit y'all with the Anderson Pack ad lib, but I had to throw in the yes, Lord, for the cooking because it is the truth. Yes, it is so real. And I love the way that it makes me feel. <laughs> you know, it's, it's wild because uh, the Girl Trek conversation with Angela Davis and um, Nikki Giovanni. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that really came out of that conversation I thought was hilarious was the, the writers and poets who could cook versus the ones who couldn't <laughs> <laughs> and i was just so grateful to be on the side of poetic history you was on the right side of that that debate huh yeah i was just, i was really really grateful to 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 know that like down the road when 
somebody might be referring to me that uh, what they won't say is that I couldn't cook. So that that is a blessing. And I'm grateful that my grandmothers are shining down on me, um, giving me all that ancestral energy in my hands. Now, now you was a hometown Cleveland gal, right? I am hometown Cleveland now. So I'm you were raised right by them grandmothers in the land yes. of Cleveland. Yes. And, you know, my family is from the South. My, my my daddy's side of the family is from Louisiana. My mama's side is from Alabama. So Ooh, I'm like, that's yeah, deep south. in reverse. That's deep South. Yes. Pine Level, Alabama, Ooh. to be exact. Oh, holy. And what part of Louisiana? Uh, Baton Rouge. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my camp folk is from, um, let me see. Kentucky and Alabama. Birmingham is from the butt side. My grandma bus, my grandma Sarah was from Birmingham. And then, or excuse me, Montgomery. And then my um, mom's mom, both of the women, both of the men were from here. But both of the women, my mom's mother, Laura May, was from Louisville, Kentucky. So that must be how my grand aunt and your grandma know each other. Because my family's from Montgomery, like no, 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 of- but that's not no. Yo, she know Inez. That's my grandfather's people. They from here. Oh, yeah, no, they okay. from here. All the light skin with the cat eyes. They from here. That's why they relate. They had the light eyes. They had that light skin hazel. See, eyes. Only, only my mother like that. My dad was darker than me. Oh uh, well, Inez and all them and my granddaddy all had them hazel and gray eyes. It must have been from my uh from uh. My husband, because he was a a little light break. We off track. I know, I know. It tends to happen, but let's just put that thing right back on. (laughs) (laughs) So what does, what does, but yeah, the Southern roots and then the way we operate and move as black women in Cleveland, I think there's some, you know, there's something to be acknowledged there, that there's Southern roots from our grandmothers, but that we were raised in a Midwestern town and that we have an amalgamation of certain values because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, Midwest culture, Black Midwest culture is the culture of the great migration. Right. We have to be willing to see ourselves as immigrants of sorts because we immigrated to, we immigrated up here. All of us left from the South for one reason or another. Our families did to seek better opportunities, not different from what folks who are, you know, fleeing from their countries are doing. We were fleeing literally we were fleeing our home in our home that we built ourselves like how wild is that um and so even being able pretty to speak wild. That is, is an act of vulnerability to say listen that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild so let me add, let me pose a question to you what does vulnerability mean in 2020 and i say that in 2020 because i really want to know what does vulnerability mean in 2020 and what does it mean in COVID and post-COVID? So we could go pre-current and post-COVID. What does vulnerability mean? What does that look like to you? I mean, I think the answer is the same for all three. I mean, of course there's nuances between all of them, but at the end of the day, words are Linux, I need people. That's really- I need people! (laughs) (laughs) That's literally- what vulnerability means is that, you know, my my uh, my boyfriend in college, Michael Stidham, who's a great artist, um, you know, I would get really, really bullheaded headed when I was younger. You know, I hadn't that was like my first real uh, my first real kind of grown up ish relationship. 
Um, and I just didn't, I didn't have any understanding of what it mean, meant to be in partnership with a person. And something that he would say to me, um, he would say, no man is an island. And so none of us are completely surrounded by water without access to mainland. Um, and so whatever that mainland may be, whether it be your community, whether it be your higher power, none of us are really in this alone. So word to Ari Lennox, vulnerability means I need people. You ain't never lied. You ain't never lied. You ain't never lied. I didn't think I could get a nice. That was a good. That was a good definition. I'm gonna have to remember that. I need to. Thank goodness it. we're recording this. Yes. <laughs> you could go ahead and look back at it and write some things down. Yes. That's gonna be the next book of poems. Run a sister. Vulnerability is a bitch. Like that's gonna be the next book. <laughs> uh sis. Vulnerability and shit. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So, like, for me, um, vulnerability has been critical to a lot of things, but most notably in what I want to edify in this space because May is mental uh, self-care awareness month and mental health awareness month. As vulnerability was critical on my mental health journey, like, and being able to acknowledge to myself and be vulnerable with others once I established trust to tell them what I was navigating and what I needed from them, if they were going to be in my circle, how they would have to operate within the boundaries of what I needed for my own self-care. Mm -hmm. um, and so it took a lot of vulnerability and an acknowledgement and knowledge of self and honesty with myself and with others to get to that place. But all of that was built on a foundation strong or weak of vulnerability and the strength of my ability to operate in that vulnerability is what was critical in maintaining and establishing new relationships that were going to serve me and what I needed, allowing people to support me and allowing people to have the option. Yes, I can be there for you. Let me show up for you in that way. Or saying, I can't do this, but I can do this and telling me how they can be of support and still take care of themselves. So there was just a lot of learning and growing that came um, to me with vulnerability that I'm just glad that I'm aware of and I have that self-awareness and that knowledge of self to be able to recognize it and just want to encourage others to lean into themselves and create spaces to, to identify where vulnerability can be improved or where it's lacking in your journey so that you can make adjustments that are going to best serve your, your goals and ambitions. What up? Yeah, I, um, I definitely agree and resonate a lot with what you said. Um, you know, I think vulnerability uh, just gives us access to just so much more, um, more about us than we possibly ever could imagine. And, um, you know, the vulnerability, it first starts with you. You know, I tell people all the time, yeah, for sure. they're working on coming out or whatever it is that they are dealing or sorting through. Um, you know, you have to really do the work of reckoning with yourself. Yeah. Um, if you're not doing any reckoning and just really taking a hard look at what you see in your reflection. Um, you know, I don't <clears throat> I don't proclaim to know a lot about mystical or magic things and things like that. But um, I did mirror work with my godmother one time, one time mm -hmm. and um, did some meditation with her. And she sat me in front of a mirror. And for the first time, I saw some things in me that I wasn't prepared to see. 
you know? And so even if, you know, that means you're just sitting down, just you in the mirror, quiet to yourself, and you're just taking a look at yourself and doing it long and hard. I was 19 when I finally could say to um, my mother, like, you make it impossible for me to like what I see. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, she was just on, she was just on my neck. She was on my neck, you know, and I understand her more now. Uh, but back then my, like my, my heart was broken because all I could hear, I couldn't hear the, I couldn't hear the, the love and the challenge and what she was saying to me. All I heard was that I wasn't good enough. That's all I could feel. Um, and after I found the courage to be able to say that to her, I began to just sit in the mirror with myself and just look at the things that I felt like were not right with me or that were imperfect about me or the things that I just felt so insecure about and just really got vulnerable until I found something that I loved about myself, something that I could say that I loved so I could start my day. Yeah. And some days I would be late to work mm-hmm. and it was worth it, you mm-hmm. know, and you don't win every day being vulnerable. So yeah. you're going to take some L's in your vulnerability right. because people are not going to um, subscribe to everything that you are. Mm. And, and frankly, the people who can't subscribe to everything you are are supposed to really be in your world in the first place. Mm. And so we have to be willing to understand that with vulnerability comes great loss. Yeah, yeah. Because so there's some that, grieving there. Yeah, there's definitely, there's so much grieving yeah, that yeah. happens. Um, and, and the choice to be vulnerable and the choice to, to adhere to transparency and to really invoke authenticity, like you are going to take some L's. Everybody is not going to be cool with it. And that's just, that's just it. And it's okay that everybody's not going to be cool. That's with the fact of life, right? You know, like, you know, everybody, just because they get on the journey with you doesn't mean that they're going to be there at the destination. Like, the goal is the journey in and of itself. And it's a blessing that they were on the ride when they were there. Yeah, yeah. And they serve their purpose. Absolutely. You know, like, and what I said in my book, you know, I'm recently divorced. The name of my book is called Bruh, Poems to Pay for Alimony. Um, But in the, the intro essay, I talk about how you know, a marriage that fails, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, a marriage that doesn't last doesn't mean that it's a failure. So just because a friendship or a relationship or a job doesn't last doesn't mean that it was a failure. It just means that it was time for it to come to an end and it's okay to move on to the next thing. And we have to be willing to kind of grieve the fact that, yeah, we missed the great things about it, but sometimes we romanticize the, the BS in it as well because we removed from it. So all we can do is romanticize all these good things and be like, if it, if I just had this, if I just had it this way, if I had it the way it was, everything would be okay. But we are not who we were. We're never who we were. Every single day we're becoming anew. And our goal is to fall in love with ourselves every single day, get vulnerable with ourselves every day. Yeah. Because everything about us is always changing. Nobody knew last year this time that we would be in the middle of a pandemic. No. Nobody could have you know, nobody could have forecasted it. But in in all of this craziness, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and say, like, hey, I'm not okay. I need people. 
or I need a hug or I need to meet somebody in social distance, but I need to be able to be in front of somebody. I had to, um, I went to see a friend of mine, my best good friend. Her name is Ramat. She's a food chef here in Cleveland. She's amazing. Um, but I stopped by her house today and she introduced to me a new hug where we went back to back and we rubbed our shoulders across each other's back. And, you know, we got to like vulnerability means pivoting, you know, vulnerability means that it's okay to kind of switch what you need. You know, your needs kind of shift over time. It's not a one size fits all. So the way that you need it to be or the way you need to be loved or cared for or whatever, that can change moving forward. Um, and it's okay to pivot, to find new ways of, of being and getting vulnerable as well. Yeah. Oh, man. E, you just said so much. I wish I was taking notes, but I'm so glad that I am recording this. Facts, facts, facts. Right. But, you know, like for me, I keep thinking about how like even I think COVID has amplified this thought process for me. But um, I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice of always trying to get back to something. Yeah, absolutely. Like people keep talking about when we get back to normal. I'm like, do you understand that there we have to create a new normal? Like we was dealing with in the first place was never yeah, normal. Yeah, right. Nothing about it was normal. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, so we can't always try to reach back for something that was like I feel like we do ourselves a disservice in our relationships when we do that, and our own personal development when we do that. Don't reach back, like learn Sankofa. Look back. I mean, like understand what's going what's going on, what the past can inform for you, but move forward. Like we have to continue to move forward because if it's about the journey and the destination, you don't get to the destination looking back. And you can't journey onward if you're looking backward. Like we, we you can't do both. Like I, I tell my mom all the time, like you can't. You can't cry about something, but then shoot down all the solutions to the problem. Like either you want to ruminate in the problem or you want to be in the solution or you don't want to do either. But you can't complain about something, but then not want to be willing to do anything to fix it. So I feel like we do ourselves a service looking backward or trying to get back to something as opposed to letting that inform us and then recreating something new. Spaceships don't come equipped. Well, we they dip. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now rich. Words of who? Who? Who was? Who was that sermon from? The book of what? <laughs> the book of International Players Anthem, the written by Three Three Thousand. Oh, <laughs> oh, that yeah, that's from that Outcast New International Chapter book. One, <laughs> verse whatever, bar whatever. We'll go that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors, you know, and it's a reason for that. You know, you can't, you know, there there is space for paying reverence to learning the lessons. You know, if this oh, pandemic no. is teaching us anything, it's that, you know, after the after Spanish flu happened or after that really, really bad pandemic that we had over a hundred years ago happened there were things that changed. You know, there used to be, and you know, you go into professional buildings, there used to be like spit, like cauldrons or whatever, where people could just spit in things. That disappeared. 
Thank yeah. God. Thank God for Jesus. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, things became things got in place because they had to adjust, they had to pivot. But what happened over the last hundred years is that we forgot. You know, we got chill, we got a little bit lazy, we got a little bit too comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. And then we didn't we didn't have the foresight that we needed to maintain that. We didn't hand down the stories generation to generation as well so we could remember our bodies remember which is why we're surviving because our bodies remember right because that dna is handed down to us um but this is this is something new and so we have to be willing to also tell these stories to make sure that we're doing something better so that sankofa is purposeful like you said yeah i say i say i want to move us into this intersectionality because you said something like our our bodies remember like Mm -hmm. our to me is a good pivot to intersections because it it, it encompasses identity. Like mm-hmm. how do you identify it and how do you see your identity and intersections showing up in the work you do and 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 in all the other things you've already said about vulnerability? Um dang, that's sorry. Question. Yeah. Um, I'm educated. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play back the first part of the question, please? Yeah, like you you said our bodies remember, right? Mm-hmm. And so like ours speaks to identity. Like how do you identify? And then how do you see like your identity and those intersections showing up in your work? And then how does that connect like to all the other stuff you've already said about vulnerability? So how do I identify? So I identify as a black, non-binary, bisexual, um, Midwestern, um, educated, Cleveland woman, femme-ish person. Um, I have a I have a very interesting relationship with womanhood, meaning that I don't um, I don't I'm not afraid of gender. I'm not afraid of all of all gender has to offer me. Um, I think we all have access to all of it. That I choose to. Um, never segment parts of me off, but because of my acculturation of being born in a, a female body, um, being born with the body that I have and the skin that I have, um, and the burden of what it means to be a black woman in this country, my black woman, this is political. Um, and so when I identify as woman, it as a black woman, um, just know that it is politically loaded and that's not who I identify as personally, but politically, um, I, for all intents and purposes and all the glory that black womanhood has always brought us from the very beginning of time. Um, I will never turn my back on it, even though, as I said before, I um, express love and adore all parts of who I am, which is why I identify as non-binary. So um, that was a mouthful. <laughs> so, um, the next part was what speaking to my how those intersections do what how like does the identity that you the identities the identities that you just laid out how do they show up in the intersections of your work um i think they've always shown up in the intersections of my work and like what are those intersections what does that mean intersections okay so you know taking it back to you know intersectionality 101 this is a term coined by patricia hill collins to really express how two identities of people uh, two identities of a person who are 
who is oppressed. When they intersect together, it creates um, a, a more nuanced form of oppression that sometimes becomes invisible to people. Um, and so the the more intersections you have, the more nuanced, nuanced those experiences are, which I think decreases people's ability to have empathy because they're unaware of the things that you deal with because of those identities. So for example, um, me as a black, non-binary, bisexual crime survivor, I don't know very many people who have that shared experience as me. Um, even as a survivor alone, um, you know, being a survivor of an international hate crime, I don't know anybody personally who has been through that thing. And so because of those intersections, when I went to go seek out resources, they didn't really know how to help me. They know how to help people who have been victimized in Ohio. Yeah. They know how to help people who have been sexually assaulted, no matter if it happened near or far, but they didn't know what to do with somebody who had experienced crime, a, a hate crime, and they were empathetic, but they didn't know how to help me. Right, And right. so that's the... Those are the the cracks that people who have more than one intersection often fall through, which is why, say, when you hear Black Lives Matter, the names that you hear first are Black men. Because yeah. when it comes into all those spectrums of things, Black men have more privilege than, say, a Black trans woman, which is why you don't hear the names of the Black trans women who are dying at right. alarming rates in our country and in our world but we hear about the names of black men. It's not to say that we never need to hear the names of black men. It's just saying that uh, the names and the stories are never elevated equitably. Yeah. And that's due to those intersections. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for laying that out like that. Um, man, that was, that was heavy, lightweight, but in, informative and organic. And I don't know, that was a mouthful. So like, I don't know. You got any questions for me? I need a break. Hold on. I need, a <laughs> I need to take a beat. <laughs> um, I mean, you said you want to talk a little bit about music. So, you know, we've talked a lot about vulnerability. What is... Um, well, hold on. Before we get to the music question. I was going to ask a question about vulnerability. To me? About music. Oh, what you, what you want to ask me? I was giving you a palate cleanser question so you get yourself back in your groove. I'm ready. <laughs> what is um like what's who is an artist that really inspires you to vulnerability or you know a particular song or album that you think um really was formative for you on your journey? If I have to say an artist, I'm gonna have to go with my brother PJ Morton. And Two albums, two particular songs, one on each album, one on the Gumbo album. And the other one, I can't remember which album it's on because it's an older PJ Morton classic, but it's called Mountains Over Mole Hills. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guarantee you, anytime I hear that song, I cry because I relate so much to the lyrics. Because mm -hmm. to me, it speaks to anxiety, it speaks to self doubt, imposter syndrome really knuckling up and pursuing your, your goals and your visions and re really recognizing when you like making something into a mountain, when it's a molehill and you can go and follow your dreams. It's not as, 
it's not as hard as you sing. You just got to try. And I can't sing no more of the lyrics because I'm going to start crying. And I ain't trying to do that on my first episode of the podcast. Like, we got to at least do five before you see me cry. Like, that's just <laughs> too much vulnerability out the gate. Like, I ugly cry. I ain't trying to see that. Really? But PJ Morton, that brother is so talented. And he's, he's so honest in his lyrics. And um, even though he's not doing gospel, you can't fake that anointing. No, the anointing is real. And like Mountains Over Mose Hill is what I would call and what we have discussed before. That's one of my like closet praise songs. Mm -hmm. It's one of those songs that it's not about. That's that's one of those things where it's not about um, it being uh, a, a religious song by definition, but it speaks to your spirit. Mm hmm. Whatever you identify as your your source, your center, that's up to you. But it spoke to it speaks to my spirit. It moves me to tears. It it, it calls me into prayer. It gets me on my knees. It makes me shout. It makes me feel motivated and grounded. And that's just them brother, that brother putting words to, to music and melody. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. So I, I respect musicians and, and artists and the creative mind. Um, and just music is so much to me. So you'll see it embedded in almost anything and everything that I do in some way. But thank you for that question. That was good. That was good. So I want to move us into like our next segment. Like what else is there left to say? Like what else is there left to say about vulnerability and intersectionality? Yo, what are your final thoughts, E? Um, who you are or who you want, the person that you've always been, um, that person that you, that you whisper, that sometimes it's just a whisper, you know what I'm saying? You might have a mask on, you might have a full body suit on, um, full armor, just covering who you really are. But that small whisper of who you are is, is so incredibly possible. Um, and even if you're only choosing to whisper it to yourself, do the, do the work right. uh, of uh, reconciling who you are and interrogating who you are and just getting real vulnerable with yourself. Mm. Um, because when you do that, um, yeah, it might turn your world upside down, but maybe that's where the joy has always been. Right. Wow. Wow. So that was good. My final thought would be, um, establish some healthy boundaries to create space for you to be able to become vulnerable with yourself and honest with yourself and then be vulnerable with those around you that you trust. And um, acknowledge where your identity impacts your intersections and where your intersections allow you to lean into your best self. So just, you know, take the time to be in relationship with yourself. Self-love is the very first romance. Word to Akua Naru. That's the artist. And it's, yeah. a lyric, it's a song lyric. And she said, self-love is the very first romance. And it hit, me. Put me on to that. It, it hit me. It hit me so hard the first time I heard that song. And I was like, it was a YouTube video. And she said it and I paused it. And I started the whole song over just to get back to that one part. Because everything she was saying up to that, I felt like she snuck that in like it was like a jaw, like 
Like, oh, self-love is it? How can I expect you to romance and dine and dine me when I'm not even romancing myself, bro? You don't know how to romance me because I don't even know what type of romance I'm needing. Mm -hmm. I got to get in relationship with myself. So get be vulnerable and get in relationship with yourself. Acknowledge your own identity and where your intersections can best serve you on your journey. That That would be where my final thought is at, for real, for real. And then, like, I wanted to just see, do you have any, I don't know, anything coming up, any resources, any events, anything that relates to what we talked about today that you can connect people to? Um, well, I just I just released a book. Uh, it's called oh, that's Bread. a good resource. Um, Bread poems made for alimony. Um, I do think it. I I do identify it as a great resource for people who are, you know, curious or you know, thinking about their relationship, um, thinking about starting one, thinking about moving in with a partner, thinking about leaving, or or shifting your relationship structure. Um, definitely take a look at the book. Um, there's some resources in there, uh, some, some lessons and some things I wish I had known. Um, and so, you know, my grandmothers gave me and my mother put me on so much game. So I didn't have to go through some of the things that they went through. They couldn't cover me from all of it, but I learned a whole lot. And it was because of their resilience and their guidance that I had the courage to be able to make the moves that I made. Um, so don't, don't, don't be out here just going through shit just because you're going through shit. There's, there's support, build your, build your network in your village. Um, other than that, um, I'm supporting Chanel Smith Wiggins, uh, initiative masks for community.com, which is working to bring thousands upon thousands of masks to underserved folks in the city of Cleveland. So I myself am selling, uh, me, myself personally, <laughs> the plug. Uh, some masks that were made in Ghana. I just bought um, masks today. Three for three for ten dollars or twelve dollars each. I just um, bought a portion of every sale goes to masks for community as well. Um, and then professionally, I work for the Alliance for Safety and Justice. So take out the take a look at the hashtag Survivors Speak, um, and just follow the movement and follow what we're doing to um, reduce the spread of COVID. Um, and to really center the voices of the survivors on every level when it comes to how this funding is going to trickle down for support, because we know that survivors of crime are already dealing with, um, are already deeply impacted. Um, and this pandemic is only making things harder. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. She also got them waist beads, folks. She got them waist beads. I do have waist beads. I'm not about to show y'all my belly, though. Not today. Not today. Not on the first episode of your podcast. No, thank you. <laughs> so, E, like I said, music is is a is a is a lot to me, right? What are you listening Where? to right now? Um, I'm listening three, to the new Kirby. three things: albums or artists or tracks. Um, I'm listening to the new Kirby album. Um, I am I'm really loving and enjoying Lucky Day. Um, I'm definitely doing some old school gospel. So, uh, I've been listening to, I've been bumping some old school Byron Cage mm. uh, for a little bit. Uh, he's really been. The presence of the right Lord now. is here. That album goes, um, it's a, it's a shout and good time. Um, and so, and then I'm also following this pastor. Her name is Pastor Bay. If you look up Pastor Bay, I believe her name is like Pastor B A E, yeah. yeah, Pastor B A E. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, 
um, her, her, her worship experiences have been um, really, really edifying and uplifting and challenging me um, on my growth and my relationship with God. Um, and so uh, she is very inclusive. She has a very inclusive uh, theological approach to God and to Christ and to your higher power. She sees all of us for who we are. So black, queer, non-binary, all of us in between, she sees us. Um, and so uh, I really, really been vibing with her as well. She played Sweet Honey and Rock the first service I listened to. You lying. Yeah. You lying. I'm not lying. The first service I listened to, she was playing Sweet Honey and Rock. Wow. So she does like she does the closet praise kind of approach to her music as well. So sometimes it's gospel, sometimes it's whatever. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, wow. That's too much. <laughs> uh, what's her name again? Pastor what? Pastor Bay. Okay. All right. Pastor Bay. All right, then. So we talked about a lot of stuff. It's the first episode of the pod, Village Perspective Podcast. Yay. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Huh? Congratulations. Oh, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah, this is holding me accountable to be able to, to do the things I've set out for myself. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate this. I wanna um I wanna just recap. You know, we talked a lot about vulnerability. Like I said, episode one in the pod, village perspective podcast. Happy to have everybody tuning in. Um Sway in the morning got citizens, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what we got here at Village Perspective Podcast? Villagers. Villagers, you you educated. That was shaker. Go read the shake rare right. Peace Even the rare, black shaker, rare. I did okay. Even though I went to the black side of shaker, what I came that? out okay. Hey, what that say? Scrolling down there on the screen, we from where? We from Cleveland. We from Cleveland, baby. But uh, we talked a lot about vulnerability, intersectionality. Um, we gave some some tidbits uh, from our own personal perspectives about the content or the subject matter at hand. Um, this is about the village. So want to make sure y'all get active and participate and become villagers. Love it. So, um, Hey, y'all be sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, Eris, you want to shout out your social real quick? It's Eris Edie, E-R-I-S. I don't know if you can actually see that. There it is. Eris Edie. E-A, Diaz and Dog Y is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok. I'm actually, I actually have a TikTok. Um, and then my website is erisedie.com as well. Right on, right on. So, um, E, what I want you? you to give the people, um, Let's see here. We got a checkout question right here. So I want you to get a people like one quote or like, I don't know, your word on the street. 
not we can't do the psalm today what's the psalm of the day what's the psalm of the day what's the psalm of the day let's see what the bible say we can do it i'll just do one that i know by heart let's go you want me to do the jingle again or you got it no okay all right so the psalm of the day is 100 Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that psalm of the day. That's the psalm of the day. That's the psalm of the day. That's the psalm of the day. What number was that? 100. That's psalm 100. <laughs> All right. We're going to work on the jingle. We're going to get it airtight. Yeah, we're going to record it so I can just press a button and play it next time. So let's not know, like, back and forth. So we also have a checkout question, checkout question scrolling at the bottom of the screen. What's one word that describes how you feel leaving episode one? I am warm, both physically and literally. I'm baking <laughs> in this hoodie, in this hat, because my hairline has been COVID compromised. Um, oh I am grateful and warm and, and of spirit, uh, being able to engage in this conversation and being a part of verse episode of the village perspective from now on i'm coming back on every anniversary episode i don't care fight me hey. um and so i uh so I, i'm i'm warm of heart warm of spirit and warm of body I'm hot. right on right on sister right on so um I'm, I, just, I'm, I got another niece on the way my little brother my baby my, 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 my eric <gasps> the mary and today is his birthday so happy birthday oh, to my baby yeah. brother Eric. That's a um, I'm excited about my new niece who is coming into this world. That is a blessing. Love and spoil this new baby. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for our family to continue to grow and thrive. That's a blessing. Well, I'm going to think about the checkout question. What's one word that describes how I'm feeling leaving episode one? Grateful. Super grateful. Gratefulness is flowing from my heart. So I'm super grateful that I'm super grateful for execution. Let me be specific. Facts. And follow through. I'm super grateful for execution and follow through. So um man, I can't even believe we at the um we at the end of the first episode. <laughs> We at the end of the first episode. That's crazy. So, hey, man, do what the ticker say down there. Follow us on Instagram. That's how you can tap in for future up updates and for these episodes to be stored in addition to other places where, again, you can connect on Instagram to find out all you need to know. But I'm going to wrap it up with the same way I typically wrap up my three moments of gratitude. You ready for this, E? Let's do it. All right, man. I want to encourage you all to be kind to yourselves 
Be patient with others. Go out there and be great. Okay? I I want everybody to go out there and be great. Everybody to go out there and be great. And if you so choose, if it is your choice, if your free will directs you in this manner, go ahead and go with God. I'm sending you all the positive vibes and peace that I can muster. Peace, y'all. Peace, indeed. Let's get into this. We are a team of a million unique and...
so Ready, play a thing. Now you know it's wrong to be a fire thing. Now up on stage with credit, play a thing. 